Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's Voice of Reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. As we covered on the show yesterday and have been following throughout the day today, uh, longtime Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell is going to step down as in from his role in leadership after the November election. And as we look at his uh, legacy and what happens, of course, in politics, it's not about what is or what was. It's always about what's next. And what's next is already on the horizon in terms of who will succeed Mitch McConnell to lead the Republicans in the Senate. And uh, someone who's been taking a deep dive look at that, uh, Anthony Adrogna, uh, congressional reporter with Politico, was the lead author of Politico's Congressional Minutes. And uh, Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, so uh, as we look at this, uh, of course, the uh, the legacy of Mitch McConnell uh, was uh, very uh, iron-fisted, uh, very strong, whether he was the minority leader, the majority leader, back to the minority leader. Uh, and uh, no one could ever – you could question him on a lot of things. Uh, I incurred his wrath on a number of things when I was in Washington. Uh, but I never had to question his commitment to the institution of the Senate uh, that was always uh, front and center in everything that he did. And uh, so now we have this really long window uh, in terms of some jockeying and some positioning in terms of uh, what is next uh, on the horizon for the Republicans. Uh, give us your sense. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's the perfect way to sum it up. We're looking at an, an eight month or so process at this point. Uh, folks are already jumping in, already making phone calls. Um, but obviously the field of those that may be looking to succeed, Senator McConnell uh, is not set. Um, Senator Rick Scott, for example, today told me that he's expecting uh, a large number of folks to ultimately jump into the race. Mm. Um, I think, you know, everybody's focused on the quote unquote three Johns here, three um, senator, Republican senators named John. But uh, I think we'd be uh, surprised if there weren't other folks that ultimately jumped in the race as well. Yeah, and, uh, and Senator Rick Scott is an interesting one in that he did challenge Mitch McConnell last time around for that leadership uh, role. And uh, so we'll, we'll come back to him in a moment. But let's start with the three Johns. They're all interesting, and they all have some unique perspective to them, I think, uh, in terms of their positioning for this. So uh, we, of course, have uh, the minority whip, John Thune, the former whip, John Cornyn, uh, and then the conference chair, uh, John Barrasso uh, from Wyoming. Uh, let's go Let's go through each one of them in terms of maybe some pluses and minuses or some unique components, uh, <laughs> starting with John Thune, a Republican out of South Dakota. Well, look, I think Senator Thune is a, a well-known commodity, both you know the, among the press here on Capitol Hill, but also among his colleagues. Um, he's built strong bipartisan relationships. He's obviously been serving as the number two for McConnell um, for the last couple of years. Um, he has, you know, a depth of relationships here that I think would lead him to start out as sort of the prohibitive favorite. He's been critical of the former president at times, um, although he has endorsed him now. Um, so that's probably going to be a knock against him um, as this contest shapes up. Yeah, and I think that is interesting. And uh, in my time there, he was always the the one out of the leadership who at least had a little more of a communication strategy focus. Uh, where uh, I think John Cornyn was uh, was more of just kind of a where do we find the right policy thing. Uh, and so talk to us about John Cornyn. Of course, he was uh, the minority whip for some time, and then they had a term limit component there with the Republicans. Uh, so what is it that uh, he brings back to the table uh, as he uh, tries to move back into that kind of position? Well, look, I, you know, I think he brings a lot of the same sort of political instincts that McConnell has brought to the position. Mm. He served as the NR, head of the uh, NRSC 
a couple of times and, um, you know, is, is no uh, no stranger to sort of the partisan uh, bare-knuckle brawls of trying to win back a majority. I think that's probably going to be an asset for him. He's also known as somebody that can, can get things done. He obviously yeah. helped play a major role in the compromise gun legislation that got passed last year. Um, so he, you know, he's able to sort of wear the partisan hat at times, but also enjoys um, kind of the ability to work across the aisle, something that uh, may or may not be an asset uh, as we go into this race. Yeah, for sure. And then finally, let's go to the uh, the doctor in the in the House or in the Senate, we should say, John <laughs> Barrasso from uh, Wyoming. Uh, definitely more under the radar than the other two, uh, but someone who is known uh, for having the conversations and uh, getting to the policy issues. Absolutely. And, you know, he's been a, a partisan sort of uh, a political messenger. Um, he's always on, on point with uh, his talking points. And, uh, you know, I think he's probably going to be viewed as the most conservative of the three Johns, if you will. Mm. Um, he's been a staunch supporter of President Trump, was one of the, the first members of Republican leadership this time around to endorse the former president. Um, so I think that's something that he's going to be uh, looking to argue. No question that Wyoming's looking to uh, punch above its weight in terms of uh, a state of that size. And uh, Senator Barrasso, no doubt, is going to be a, a very viable contender uh, as this process unfolds. For sure. We're a little biased out here, but we, we, we like uh, pulling the, uh, the the polar spaces a little more towards the west. So uh, sure. <laughs> even though there's not a lot of people in uh, Wyoming, uh, they, uh, they do count. And uh, I think he would actually have some interesting perspective to add. Uh, in that role. Give us some of the others. And you pointed out a few of these uh, in your piece, including a Rick Scott. Uh, any other that are kind of uh, bubbling up? I loved your reference, by the way, in your piece uh, with your colleagues at uh, Politico uh, with Tim Scott, uh, just kind of giving the chuckle and uh, <laughs> saying this is going to get interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's something we've heard from a lot of folks now is just sort of uh, wanting to let this process play out. And, you know, they understand that there's interest right now, given uh, Leader McConnell's announcement, but this is going to play out over the course of a number of months. You know, I think we'll look to people like uh, like Rick Scott to see whether they jump in. Um, my colleagues today reported that um, former President Trump has uh, and encouraged Senator Steve Daines, who's obviously leading the NRSC right now, um, to jump into the race as well. And, you know, there are other names that have been floated as well, Tom Cotton, Marco Rubio. Uh, so I think we'll have to wait and see exactly what this field looks like. There's certainly the conventional sort of uh, three Johns, but I would be shocked if it doesn't uh, grow beyond that. And I think we are going to have to wait and see, you know, how the the former president weighs in here. Obviously, this election is going to be a secret election. So uh, senators in some ways have a little bit of insulation from the former president's wrath, potentially. Um, But uh, I think there's no question that his um, input is going to weigh on the senators um, pretty heavily as they try to make this decision. Yeah, no question at all. Before I let you go, Anthony, I just wanted to get your perspective in terms of the timing of this uh, from Senator M- McConnell. It did c- catch a lot of people flat-footed. Uh, some people have said, well, maybe he's worried he wouldn't get to deliver that last speech uh, because of some of his health challenges. And so, you know, maybe it was important for him to do that. Uh, he's also obviously had uh, really no relationship with the former president uh, the last few years, uh, barely even referencing his name on, on occasion. Uh, does that give uh, Mitch McConnell space to maybe be a little more critical of the former president, knowing uh, he's not going to be the leader uh, after that first Tuesday in November? 
Well, I, I think, as, as you probably know, uh, the uh, Leader McConnell tends to make news when Leader McConnell wants to make news and <laughs> not before he's ready to make news. That's right. And uh, this is no different. Uh, you know, I think he's been, you know, certainly, if not outwardly critical of the former president, as you say, he's not been uh, really speaking of him at all. And uh, so I wouldn't really expect his stewardship of the conference to change before the, the November elections. I think, you know, what is potentially different is um, you know, uh, this is kind of a recognition, if you will, of sort of the Trump ascendancy um, as part of the Republican Party and that McConnell's breed of sort of Ronald Reagan-esque yeah. um, conservatism uh, is not necessarily in vogue anymore. And so, you know, how that how that fight plays out, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. The three Johns would definitely be more of the McConnell uh, vision of the party and we'll see if there's, you know, some insurgent that wants to come in and, and try to challenge that. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Great piece. Uh, Anthony Adrogna, congressional reporter with Politico. A great piece there. You can check it out at Politico.com, the insider's guide to McConnell's succession race uh, with Anthony and a number of his colleagues there at Politico. Always appreciate that perspective. Uh, Anthony, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, great stuff there. This will be one we'll watch play out over the next eight months. It will be interesting to see the future of the Republicans in the Senate and moving through the presidential race and on into 2025. We'll step aside for a quick break. More Inside Sources coming up next.